through center Teravainen. Ajo's the trailer. He'll cut across. Lay it off a stick. Loosen the crease. They score! The Canes jump on it. It's Sebastian Ajo. Right place, right time. Dylan Larkin, far wing. Inside for Fabry off the defensive stick of Hamilton. Ajo gets to it. Out to center. Teravainen. Empty net. Sia. Tavo Teravainen. Empty net. Shorthanded goal with 1.13 left. That'll seal it. Carolina with a 2-0 lead. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. In what was ultimately a battle of goaltending, the Carolina Hurricanes were led by their best player tonight, Sebastian Ajo, with a goal and an assist uh, and was, in my opinion, the best player for either team as Carolina skates away from Detroit with a 2 nothing win. They have won their second straight, their sixth out of their last seven. But most importantly, when you look at it from the process standpoint, they played the last two games exactly like they're supposed to play them. Uh, Detroit, the worst team statistically in the Eastern Conference by every measure, by points, by goals, by goals allowed. They are dead last in the league. But they're a dangerous team with great speed, and Carolina honored that by playing the right way. A defensive style tonight, and they get it done with a 2 nothing win. James Reimer was great early and uh, ultimately had a great seat to watch the rest of the game uh, because he didn't see a ton of action after the first period. In fact, Red Wings had 10 shots on goal in the first nine the rest of the way. They only uh, fired six shots total at James Reimer. Uh, But again, only six shot attempts in the third period for Detroit. That's how good Carolina was defensively so another defensive clinic uh jimmy howard by the way played wonderfully for the red wings made a bunch of good saves in the second and the third period i don't think carolina was incredibly dangerous in an entertaining first period uh but i thought howard was outstanding as the game wore on so carolina gets a very big win we're going to talk to alec campbell about this in just a minute, and you think about the pressure, and we'll get into this with Alec. You think about the pressure James Reimer is probably under. Uh, he knows that Alex Nedeljkovic in Charlotte is playing his best hockey right now, and the team really does want to figure out a way to get Ned up uh, with the team. And he may do it any; they may do it anyway. Uh, Ned in his last six starts, three, two, and one. The record doesn't seem as good, uh, but essentially a 95 percent uh, save percentage. That's basically what Ned has been. Two out of his last three starts have been shutouts, and uh, he's playing well. And Reimer was definitely squirrely, and he wasn't even great the entire way in Minnesota his last start, but he was great when he had to be, and they ended up with a big win. Uh, He was very good in the first period tonight, kept the game scoreless, and the Hurricanes took over from there. We'll talk to Alec Campbell as uh, the Aftermath and Stormwatch host joins us on the Morning After podcast as the Canes have now won six of seven. All right, sir. Did we witness the defensive clinic that I thought we witnessed tonight? I think we did, especially in the third period. It was, I thought, a lot like last night's game where the Hurricanes had 
a good but not great first period, and then they kind of built a game in the second and the third, and then they really shut it down in the third period. I mean, the Hurricanes were dominant in the third period, and I think, you know, when you go back and look at the game, you're probably only going to come across a few blemishes. Now, the one in the third period was kind of a big one, and Nino Niederreiter's hooking penalty. Um, so, you know, a lot of times when things happen, it's not what happens, it's when they happen. And that was really an unfortunate time for that penalty to be committed. And uh, But luckily the Hurricanes were able to kill it off and score an empty netter. Um, so I thought it was a really good, you know, John Forson used the word technical yeah. for James Reimer's game in the aftermath. And I think that's a good word really to describe the Hurricanes' defensive play in the last two nights. The third period tonight was really a clinic for the Canes. It was seven scoring chances for them, zero for Detroit. Yeah. And I think they outshot Detroit like something like 12-2. to two. So, you know, that's what you want to see, especially when you're trying to close games out in the third period. You want to lock it down. You know, step on the throat, Adam. <laughs> All the cliches. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the Red Wings had six shot attempts. That's it in the third period. Uh, six. Two things about the, the Nino Niederreiter penalty. One, I thought Nino was playing really well, so it kind of – didn't spoil a good performance. I thought Nino was very good tonight. I thought that line was very good. Um, but So that kind of puts a damper on it. But it did expose Jeff Blashill for really a dumb uh, right. move. I mean, you've got the power play already. At least right. give your power play unit the first minute to a minute and a half uh, of yeah. working five on four. Um because all you're doing is give Carolina's got free shots at the goal. Now, as it turns out, the first one they took, great. And the second one, Ajo makes a great play and uh, gets it to Tara Vinen, who finishes it off. Uh, but you, you really should have given your your team a chance. I think you, you don't give your team a chance to win. Uh, and if he was all about that life, why didn't he also have Howard out of the goal after Carolina made it 2 nothing? Yeah, I mean, I don't I know really it. what to say about that, except, you know, good for the Canes that he yeah. didn't do that and dumb for them that he did do that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, it, it worked in the Hurricanes' favor. I guess he maybe gets a, you get a little bit greedy in that situation. You're thinking six on four. You've got a better chance to keep the puck. I don't know. I'm, I, mean, I mean, yeah, too many people on the ice anyway. I think six on four is a little convoluted. Uh, not that it's less of a chance of scoring than five on four. I don't know. I just thought that was an unnecessary risk in a one goal yeah. game. No, when it you, was. When, I, I, you know, had Rod Brindaboard done that and this, and the shoe was on the other foot, we would have been, you know, pretty upset about that. Probably. We would have so ripped him. A, yeah. We really would have <laughs> tore him a new one. Uh, so, I mean, it is a dumb move, you know, at least to not, you know, would you already have the extra man? So, keep your goaltender in and give him a couple of cracks at it at least first. I was actually proud of Jeff Blaschel for pulling Howard with three minutes to go. Right. Because there's, for me, all these rules about when you pull the goaltender two and a half minutes or two minutes or what, I mean, what difference is you might as well pull him at three, nothing. You're not getting anything anyway at that point. I mean, Carolina was so good defensively that, you know, you might as well. It's like pulling the trick play, you know, in football or something <laughs> where you don't know what else to do. So you might as well do something. All right. Uh, yesterday against Florida, by the way, this is the uh, the fifth set of back-to-backs for the Hurricanes. 
They're now two and three on the back end of them. Uh, they've won the first of uh, first game of back to backs all five times. Uh, so give me more back to backs. Canes are uh, seven and three uh, in the ten games they've played in back to back situations. Yeah, I'll I'll take back to backs, but can we do them on like Friday and Saturday instead of Saturday and Sunday? Or how about a Sunday afternoon? Or a Sunday afternoon, I'll, I'll take, yeah, either one of those would work for me. I mean, we could do Wednesdays and Thursdays and no games on the weekends. I'd be cool with hey, that, too. Hey, that's a great idea. Um, yeah. But yesterday against Florida, which I thought Carolina in the last two periods was just simply brilliant defensively, uh, you could have made the argument that Slavin, Hamilton, and Pesci were the three best players on the ice that entire game. So what Slavin did... Uh, almost single-handedly uh, eliminating uh, Alexander Barkov from the equation and Jonathan Huberdeau was absolutely awesome last night. There was, in fact, one, uh, one sequence, I believe it was two shifts, where Barkov skated with the puck into the offensive zone and, ha- and, and Slavin just, I think Barkov, Barkov skated in, Slavin just cut him off and sent him back out of the zone with the puck. Like, he just gave up uh, playing offense. Slayton was so good last night. Uh, and Pesci, who took a shot off the, uh, off the doodads. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good hey, for Brett. The sun don't shine tonight. <laughs> good for Brett. Uh, yeah. But, but the, the, that trio was, again, uh, really, really good. Hamilton made one mistake uh, on a power play attempt. Uh, where he went after the puck where he didn't need to, and it, it ended up in a... Uh, you and I talked about it in the first intermission, um, and it ended up with a Darren Helm uh, breakaway, uh, but yeah. Reimer shut that down. But those guys were great again tonight. No, I agree with you. And I think you can really pinpoint the three or four mistakes they made. There was the the Phil Pilla chance at the beginning of the game where he was wide open, I don't know who that was on at that point, but that was a great chance for them, and Reimer bailed them out. You had the, the shorthanded chance, the, the helm chance there, and the, the Nino penalty. So there were there were three or four, you know, maybe five sort of dumb mistakes, I guess, in the game. But I guess for me, the under Rod Brindamore, and this is, you know, beating a dead horse a little bit because this is just his mantra and his philosophy. It's it's more than just the defenseman playing defense. Yeah. It's everyone else playing defense. And I think that's been the bigger story for me. I mean, we know what Jacob Slavin can do. And Brent Pesci is such a great defenseman, defensive defenseman. Um, but it's the other guys, I think, that have been playing well. I thought Ryan Dezingle acquitted himself yeah. nicely tonight compared to the game he had last night. It's it's not really as if he had a terrible game last night, but he was the one who was victimized on those two goals. And I thought that it was an interesting choice to keep him on the fourth line tonight, but I also thought that he made a couple of distinctive defensive plays tonight too. So you're seeing it from a bunch of people, and that's what Rod Brindamore wants. He wants the whole team defensive play to show up. And I think that's how you stifle teams, really. Yeah. I mean, the way they've done that to Florida – and Detroit the last two nights is great. And I don't, you know, those two teams are sort of what they are. I mean, Detroit's just not good right now. I mean, right. They're, they're in a vortex of bad, you know, they've lost now six straight. Their best player was injured last night in Detroit or in uh, New Jersey. And they're the worst team in the league in terms of, I, I mean, 
their goals their goals for per game is last in the league. Their goals allowed per game, I think, is the highest in the league. Yeah, and they've allowed the the most total goals. So, you know, they're they're just in a bad place right now. And so now <laughs> the next step for me, and if, right. you know, Florida, they have a high end with that top line, that Barkov, Dadnov uh, line, and Huberto line. But there, there's a lot to be desired, and they may be a playoff team. Oh yeah, they don't have much of a defensive unit, and so. For me, the next step is the Hurricanes doing that against some higher-end teams as well, the, the, the stifling of of offense through the second and third period. So we'll see if they can carry that over. And they got to go do it now up in the place that has been infamously difficult uh, for them to play in, up at Madison Square Garden. House of Horrors and uh, playing against uh, essentially what amounts to a brick wall in Henrik Lundqvist, who's got a ridiculous record against the Hurricanes. I'm assuming that Lundqvist will play. Uh, if the Rangers want to win, my guess is you play Lundqvist. Uh, before, before we get to the top line and what uh, Aho, Svechnikov, and uh, Taravainen have done, uh, I agree. Detroit, worst record, fewest goals scored, most goals allowed. That's a bad combination. Yeah, I mean, right? it's, it's really... <laughs> It's really amazing because you see that combination, right. but not to the not when they're the polar right. extremes of both, right? Right. I but mean, I, that's just amazing. But I do, I do think there is something to be said uh, for the speed that they have, uh, which should be more dangerous. And I think I said to you earlier that I'm a little surprised that they're so uh, that that they. They've scored so few goals. The goals allowed, I'm not surprised, because their defense right. and goaltending is not great either way. Uh, but the, the the lack of scoring is a little bit of a surprise for me, uh, because I do know they have talent, and they have a lot of speed, and that speed is throughout. Uh, and Robbie Fabry has been a good ad for them. Uh, but I just thought that the way Carolina played uh, was not looking at their record and looking at the numbers but re- respecting how good that team could be on a given night, and I like the way they uh, they approach the game. Let's get to the uh, Aho Teravine and Svechnikov line for for basically all year long. Ter- Tevo Teravine and or Svechnikov, one of those two guys has been the best forward uh, on the ice for this team. Um, but this is now a few games in a row where Aho has gotten back to what he's supposed to be. Uh, he won some face-offs tonight. The uh, yeah. the smart play to create the goal, uh, which he should have gotten the primary assist on as well. Yeah. And then he made Tara Vinen's goal in the empty netter with a really good defensive play and a really good pass. Uh, so it's good to see Aho, and I thought he was just noticeable throughout the night. Yeah, and I don't know if you've noticed this either, uh, but I the last two nights, it feels like Aho has been much more comfortable around the net. like standing in front of the net. I noticed, I don't know if you remember against Florida, the hurricanes had a really good power play late in the game. And Aho was down. I mean, they got so many dangerous chances mm-hmm. and he was down around the net, like in front, creating screens, picking up loose pucks, trying to, you know, just badgering the goaltender. And I don't know if that's, if, if anyone else has noticed that, or if I'm just, hallucinating or whatever but it seems to me that he's a little bit more comfortable down there it's, at least it's been a little more noticeable for me 
he had over a, the last couple of games. He had a tip try uh, in front tonight that looked like uh, Jimmy Howard might have gotten a piece of. Uh, if not, he kind of uh, maybe deflected it high. Uh, but, yeah, he was doing good work, and uh, he pursued the puck. Uh, and that was a greasy goal. I mean, that, uh, that first goal certainly wasn't pretty. Uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if you got a chance to hear it, but the interview in between the first and uh, the second and third periods uh, was um, they, uh, uh, Mike Maniscalco uh, asked Ajo about the play. Were you trying to do it? He goes, well, yeah, I was really trying to get it to Turbo, uh, but he needs to skate harder. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he, he was throwing it off those backboards right. on purpose, though, right? <laughs> no, he did that on purpose, but it was yeah, it, yeah. he was trying to get it to terrify <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Very, very. Just those obviously, well, those guys are very tight. So, uh, throwing yeah. a little shade at him. But and, I mean, it is pretty remarkable what they've done. I forget what their their line had last night in terms of a point total, but you know, it, it's it's tonight. I mean, Tavo's had seven points in a three game streak yep. now. Seven points and in his last three. They they've had they had six points last night, five points tonight. So it's eleven points in the last yeah. two games. I mean, now Svetch has an eight-game point streak going. Yep. Ajo's got a four-game point streak. So that's, I mean, that's great to see. I love it. I, lo- I love yeah. that line. Um, one, one quick thing. You know, we've been looking for a fourth line. Uh, sometimes your fourth line, to the traditional fourth line, doesn't have to play fourth line minutes uh, because I think Rod is on to something with Jordan Stahl, Warren Fogle, and uh, it was um, – uh, Brock McGinn, I guess, is playing with them. And yeah. there's that's a fourth line, essentially what it is, uh, because McGinn and Fogel are fourth-line type players, and they're j- Rod's just using them as a checking line. Um, yeah. And there's, no, there's nothing bad about that, and it sort of mitigates the, uh, the fact that Stahl's in a bit of a scoring funk, uh, yeah. so you don't have to worry about it as much. Um, yeah. I mean, I ultimately, I think that'll correct itself. Uh, but you know, if you're looking for a fourth line, sometimes, uh, your fourth line's one of your best lines. Man, to, I, I, I didn't think of that until you just brought it up, but uh, especially the point about mitigating stall. But for me, that's just like, that's, that's Rod Brindamore to me thinking the game as a head coach that, I don't know how much of that comes from him playing, but you know, that that's putting your players in the best position to succeed and understanding what they're doing well in the moment and what they're not doing well in the moment and making, you know, making the the definition of success different for, for him. Because I think that's a, I think that's a huge point to make about Jordan Stahl, where now you take a little of the pressure off him, maybe a little bit, just tell him to go out there and grind and do his thing winning faceoffs, and, mm-hmm. you know, because he was a big, he was a big part of that shutting down the Huberto line. Absolutely. On, uh, on Saturday night too. Yep. So, you know, that's as, that's as important as anything. That line had no points yep. last night. They were great. So I love that from Rod Brendamore. The fact that, you know, he's just, he's a smart head coach, man. He's yeah. smart. Uh, Alec Campbell. I think we all have to uh, pour one out. Uh, maybe uh, bow our head in, and uh, for a moment of silence, Joel Edmondson's six-game point streak came to an end. I think that we should all 
like stand in front of a wall and like take a tennis ball to the to the backside. Like I think we have to we have to block something uh, in remembrance of Joel Edmondson's streak. Six game point streak. He had two he had two goals and six assists in six games, and that has come to an end. Uh, at practice on Tuesday, I might uh, I might uh, just tease him about it a little bit. Well, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> it and I'm really happy was. that he was, he was able to double his career long point streak. <laughs> That's right. It was. It was three coming in. Uh, right. It was remarkable. All right, sir. I'll uh, we'll do this again on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, as the Hurricanes are in the Garden. Can't wait, man. I'll talk to you soon. Quickly to those numbers that Alec and I were referring to. And the Hurricanes have won six and uh, six of seven the last two games uh, in this stretch. Have been the best two that they've played. And then you go back to the Chicago game. Maybe the last three wins have been the best three wins in terms of a performance. Uh, that in terms of how they approached it, really playing the right way. The Tampa game is the outlier to the entire season. That was one of the most dominant performances you'll see all year. Ajo, nine goals, last 12, points in four straight. He's got uh, seven goals and two assists uh, in this stretch. He's a plus 13 in his last seven games. Svechnikov, points in eight straight, four goals and seven assists for 11 points. Teravainen, 17 points in his last 13 games and seven in his last three. The Hurricanes are now 15-8-1, third in the Metropolitan Division. They are 7-4-1 on the road. That is very good, and they'll play their next one on the road at Madison Square Garden on Wednesday night before coming home to take on Nashville the day after Thanksgiving. Not a back-to-back, but it's uh, at the Garden, uh, plate of turkey, and then home against the Predators, who have been oddly struggling in the Western Conference. Uh, so there you have it. Carolina 2, Detroit just watching. James Reimer with the shutout. My three stars were Brett Pesci for obvious reasons. I have two really good reasons for Brett Pesci to be the third star. James Reimer, the second star. Sebastian Ajo, the first. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast.